Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reversing Hashimoto's show. Uh, I am Dr. Anshul Gupta, your show host. I help people reverse their Hashimoto's disease by making personalized functional medicine plans. And we have today with us lovely Dr. Tim Jacksons. Dr. Jackson, welcome over here. Thanks so much for having me, Dr. Gupta. It's a pleasure. Oh, it's our pleasure. You are a wealth of knowledge, you know, with different conditions, especially related to autoimmune and hormonal conditions. So I'm looking forward to a great discussion. But before we do that, let me introduce you. So Dr. Tim Jackson is a doctor of physical therapy and orthopedic rehabilitation and a functional medicine provider. He holds a BS degree in health science and chemistry from Wake Forest University. He serves clients in over 15 countries through his telehealth practice at healyourbody.org and has helped thousands over the last eight years. Dr. Jackson is the creator of the Heal Your Hormones Bootcamp for neurosurgeon Dr. Jack Cruz membership community and has contributed to the book Diagnostic Testing and Functional Medicine by Amir Rosik. He has been featured in the Huffington Post, the Bulletproof Executive and Ben Greenfield Fitness Podcast on multiple health and medical summits, and in two health documentaries, Dr. Tim hosts the Boss Body Podcast. He also serves on the Medical Advisory Board for Wellness Mama, a site with several million annual visitors. Dr. Jackson is available to comment on various functional medicine and wellness-related topics, such as digestive health, energy and fatigue, autoimmune disorders, and mold toxicity. Dr. Jackson, that is an amazing bio that you have. Thank you so much for coming over here again. Yeah, absolutely. I love talking about uh, thyroid conditions and immune system imbalances and how they can lead to the presentation of, of thyroid symptoms. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you had at one point in your life elevated thyroid antibodies, but you never got a formal diagnosis of a thyroid disorder. So if you don't mind, can you share your story of thyroid elevated antibodies and how you tackle those? Yeah, so I kind of got into um, looking at thyroid antibodies and the functional thyroid markers, you know, free T3, free T4, TPO antibodies, antithyroglobulin antibodies, around the same time as I was looking at pathogens and different viral titers. And it turned out my antibodies, um, both the TPO and the antithyroglobulin antibodies were about double what they should be. And, you know, you want those to be as close to zero as possible because they represent an immune system reaction against a tissue. So it gets back to the concept of self versus non-self. And so uh, I turns out I had Lyme disease, the Lyme bacteria, along with Babesia and Bartonella, as well as mold toxicity. And what I learned is that the thyroid gland is exquisitely sensitive to oxidative stress. And so the thyrocytes, the cells that make up the thyroid, when your antioxidant levels go down, it's very easy for pathogens to confuse your tissue with, or for your immune cells to confuse pathogens with your own tissue. So it starts attacking the thyroid gland. And so uh, I did a myriad, uh, multitude of different therapies from IV therapy to hyperbaric oxygen 
And so I knew I had to address the underlying immune system issues as well as the mold toxicity. And then the thyroid antibodies started coming down. But I still do take lindus naltrexone prophylactically, you know, relatively inexpensive. And it has so many benefits in terms of modulating immune activity. Absolutely. I think, you know, you brought up an important part, topic, which a lot of people don't even understand properly. Whenever anybody hears about Hashimoto's, they think it is an hormonal imbalance which is happening in their body. They don't even know that it's an autoimmune condition or it's an immune reaction to things like triggers in the body. So why don't you shed some little bit more light for our listeners so that they have a better understanding of how to differentiate between this hormonal condition of thyroid versus the immune condition which happens in Hashimoto's? Yeah, so if we talk about it, and I know you've covered this, but the different markers that you look at in terms of free T3, free T4, um, the thyroid antibodies. So if you look at free T3, we generally want it to be 3.5 or higher. Um, and But let's say you test someone and their level is 3.7. And then you look at the thyroid antibodies and they're elevated. So the solution is not really to give them thyroid medication, although that can help in some cases, it's the more appropriate solution is to address the immune system imbalances and get the thyroid antibodies down because you can keep giving more and more thyroid medication, but unless you address the attack on the tissue, because that's going to lead to destruction of the tissue. And the more time that passes, the more cells and tissue have been destroyed. And Tim, the worst part is that, you know, like the conventional medicine has absolutely no medicines or any tools that they can utilize to lower these antibodies. Most of my patients, and I'm sure your patients have been told that they can, cannot do anything to lower these antibodies. And a lot of doctors will not even follow these antibodies because once right. they are high for them, they are always going to be high. So that is like doing a disservice to our clients. Don't you think so? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's intellectually dishonest and it's intellectually lazy. I tell people, if your doctor says your condition is psychosomatic, meaning it's in your head, or that they don't know that, or there's no answer. What they're really saying is they don't know the answer. Doesn't mean an answer doesn't exist, but you can't find what you don't look for. And, you know, most even board certified endocrinologists, oh, we checked the thyroid. Now I look, it's TSH. That's not even a thyroid hormone. That's a brain hormone. It's how your brain, your pituitary communicates with your thyroid gland. And so uh, that's doing a huge disservice because, PSH can be normal or even optimal and your free T3 and free T4 levels can be off. So you have this difference in the bioavailability of hormones. So every receptor uh, or every cell in the body has a receptor for thyroid hormone. So it impacts literally every system in the body. Um, but the bioavailability of these hormones, that's one issue that we look at in functional medicine. But Hashimoto's is sort of a side issue where you may have some low 3T3 and 3T4, but it's more so TPO antibodies and antithyroglobulin antibodies are elevated. Absolutely. And the worst part is that most people 
are not even aware that the thyroid medicine, the levothyroxine or synthroid, or even natural medicine like armor or NP thyroid is not doing anything to address these antibodies, right? Which is destroying your thyroid gland. So I'm glad that we're talking about it, that, you know, like what triggers these antibodies and how you can improve these antibodies. I think that is going to help so many people to have a better understanding of what are the triggers and also give them hope that they can get better, right? Absolutely. I, and I think, you know, traditional medicine disempowers patients by saying, oh, it's this way. It's going to always be this way. There's nothing you can do about it. And, you know, heaven forbid you use the C word. Um, you know, it's got to be a pharmaceutical if you want to use that word. But uh, I think, you know, looking at the free thyroid hormones and one thing to, you know, mention to your listeners, I'm sure you've mentioned it before, but thyroid hormone levels and cholesterol levels are inversely related. So the lower your thyroid, your free T3 and free T4, the higher your cholesterol. But they don't tell you that because then they can't sell statin drugs. And nine out of the, or excuse me, six out of the nine people that approved the statin drugs had either current or former financial ties to the statin drug makers. Now we're prescribing statins to kids that is scary. That is scary. I know the, you know, the whole thing about statins, you know, and even the studies, you know, like not being consistent, you know, of the morbidity and mortality benefit that, you know, people should be getting from statins. That's like a whole discussion on itself. But let's focus more on these kind of, you know, uh, antibodies. So obviously, you know, like, as you mentioned, there are triggers, immune triggers in Hashimoto's, which are leading to these antibodies production. So shed more light about what are the potential immune triggers, you know, that you have identified in Hashimoto's. Yeah, so I think two of the most common, one is Epstein-Barr virus. Uh, and another one, Datis Karazian talks about um, is why do I still have thyroid symptoms when my lab tests are normal? Um, no, I don't make any money off this book. I just think it's a good book. Um, but uh, Yersinia in the gut, um, so doing a microbiome test, you know, where you look at the bacteria in your gut. Uh, and what we tend to forget, or traditional medicine forgets, is that 60% of your T4 is converted into T3 in the liver. 20% is converted in the gut. So you can have a gut-liver axis imbalance that leads to a thyroid imbalance. But to specifically hone in on the pathogens, Epstein-Barr, and a lot of people, you know, think that, you know, I hear it all the time, oh, yeah, I cleared this virus. I cleared that virus. You don't clear a virus. Like, it incorporates its DNA into our DNA, but as long as we're methylating, which that's a whole other topic, but adding a one carbon, three hydrogen atoms, it silences the expression of the viruses. And so a lot of times, you know, in traditional medicine, you're taught IgM antibodies means it's a current infection. IgG antibodies means it's a past. But if it's three to four times the top end of the range, that typically indicates a current infection. And so a lot of people are you know, getting tested and they're told, oh, well, this is a past infection. So then they go home feeling bad about themselves. Like, you know, no, nothing's wrong with me, but I feel bad. And, you know, that's a, a real issue. And so uh, I think the gut microbiome testing can be helpful, you know, having a healthy gut. 
uh, but then also um, addressing the underlying immune triggers directly with, you know, certain immune modulating nutrients. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned something about uh, other triggers being like mold toxicity and toxins. So share a little bit more information about it, because I'm also realizing that a lot of my clients do have underlying issues with mold, which uh, yeah. can be triggering Hashimoto's. So, you know, share your experience with that. Yeah. So a colleague handed me the book, uh, Mold Warriors by Richie, Dr. Richie Shoemaker in 2009. And I have the quote unquote dreaded genotype. Uh, like Dave asked me, where we can't, 25% uh, of the population has it where you don't detoxify mycotoxins as well as others. It's not a death sentence. That's why I don't like even testing for it anymore. And I don't like using the terminology dreaded genotype because it just scares people. And I want to empower people. But uh, mold, it behaves differently indoors than it does outdoors. So a lot of people will say, well, I'm never going to find a house that has no mold. And they're exactly right. You want, but you got to have the right structural changes in terms of ductwork and the way your land slants away from your house. So when it rains, you don't want water pooling underneath. But black mold, stachybotrys, we can see with our eyes. Most types of molds you can't see or even smell. And so the only way you know that you have it is one testing your house and those plates that you get at Lowe's or Home Depot, those are only accurate for just massive quantities of mold. Um, but you really need to have a company come out that will test the ductwork and that will do some other types of testing where they vacuum a certain square footage and they send that sample off to the lab uh, because mycotoxins, they decrease blood flow to the frontal lobe in the brain um they suppress the immune system that's kind of the common theme amongst all mycotoxins and so that can lead to it suppresses certain aspects of the immune system and upregulates other aspects and so you can get uh, an immune system attack against the thyroid gland from mold toxicity and the other thing is mold interferes it a lot of times will colonize the paranasal sinuses and your pituitary is basically dangling right here. So it's basically using your pituitary as a punching bag. And so that can affect downstream hormone levels. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like mold is one of those tricky things. I think we don't even know the complete uh, pathology of what mold does to our body. I think we are still in the initial stages and there is so much stuff which mold is already causing. And the unfortunate part is that most people don't even know that they have been right. exposed to mold or they have mycotoxins. Do you do the, the mycotoxin test, you know, like the Great Plains or the real-time labs? Do you order that very often? Yeah, I order it a great deal. And I have people do either liposomal glutathione on an empty stomach an hour to two hours beforehand or do an infrared sauna session. Um, now, sometimes if you just collect the urine, it may give you a false negative so you have to provoke the mycotoxins from the tissues that gives you a more accurate reading. Yeah, exactly. That's what I do also, like, you know, using glutathione, you know, actually I use it a week uh, just so that we make sure, because I, as you mentioned, some of the people are so poor detoxifiers that they don't release those mold toxins and the test is negative while they are right. accumulating all the toxins inside. So I'm glad that we are both on the same page that we have to provoke those toxins out. 
uh, to yeah. uh, elicit that reaction. Absolutely. I see a lot of people saying they don't have mold, but you know, unless you've tested and done it properly, you really don't know. You know, now you mentioned that, you know, in the house, you know, like, you know, uh, checking or getting a contractor to come in the house. Have you used those like, you know, self, you know, uh, you know, Swiffer options or dusting options. People can collect the and send it over for these ERMI tests and things. Have you used any of those things? Yeah, I used to use the ERMI test and sometimes I still will or sometimes people come to me and they've already done it. Um, what I found is that the if the ERMI test is positive, you definitely have mold. But if it's negative, it doesn't necessarily exclude mold. That was my experience with it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, uh, because it's, it's such a confusing test, right? You know, where you're collecting the samples from makes a huge difference and you might not be collecting it correctly. So, but, you know, uh, I just feel some people don't want to invest so much money into getting a contractor because that can be super expensive. But, you know, if people want to feel better and they want to know the root cause, then I think it's worth investing into it. Yeah, it's one of those things where contractors and um, builders, they get away with a lot of shortcuts and building things improperly. And so until enough people come forward and complain and the regulations around building a home get better, um, you know, the mold situation won't get better. Absolutely. Now you mentioned that, you know, especially in Hashimoto's, you know, like uh, there is a big oxidative stress with a lot of inflammation happening and antioxidants play a very key role into helping Hashimoto's patients. So why don't you talk a little bit about what are antioxidants, why they are important for the body and how you use them in Hashimoto's? Yeah, so we, we have this system called the redox system. And so we're looking at things that are pro-oxidative or causing oxidative stress and things that are antioxidants. So they're decreasing oxidative stress. You need a certain amount. You're always going to generate a certain amount of oxidative stress just by producing energy in the mitochondria. But when we have things like pathogens, whether they're from the gut or systemic regions, uh, heavy metal toxicity, all of those things, blood sugar imbalances, those will create oxidative stress. And we have certain antioxidants we synthesize on our own, some of us better than others, but glutathione is one of those. But every toxin we're exposed to, we use up some glutathione. And so most people are depleted today. And so I use glutathione because, number one, it helps detoxify so many different things, but it also helps protect the thyroid gland. And so when glutathione goes offline or you're um, reduce glutathione to oxidize glutathione, that ratio is off, then the thyroid may go offline, so to speak. And so I'll use glutathione and also vitamin C humans and ant eaters are the only two animals that can't synthesize our own endogenous vitamin C. It's a random factoid, but uh, vitamin C is important as an antitoxin, but also an antioxidant. So it's going to decrease oxidative stress and it plays important roles in immune function. Absolutely. So let's talk about glutathione because, you know, like I think that is also a very important supplement uh, and uh, I think a lot of people are not even aware of it. So why don't we talk about what is glutathione and then a little bit more specific role in terms of thyroid. And then uh, maybe we can talk about, you know, uh, the different forms of glutathione and which one you like the best. Yeah. 
So glutathione, I, I'll tell you, when I got my first glutathione push, I think it was 2006, I sat in the IV room and stared at the wall. I was like a human on catnip. I was just so depleted. And I said, you know, I've never used illicit drugs, but this must be what it feels like. Um, and the doctor, well, I was in a doctor's office and he happened to walk through the IV room and he's like, are you okay? I said, I've never been better. Uh, he said, well, you've been sitting here for a while. And so if you're depleted, you know, uh, it's important to get your levels up because as glutathione levels drop, your risk of every chronic disease goes up. And so glutathione helps people and you got to be careful. So, you know, if you're not having a bowel movement every day and, you know, you, you are pretty sure you have a lot of toxins in your body. If you just start taking a bunch of glutathione, you might retoxify yourself. So you got to do it in the right order. Get your bowels moving first. But I love using um, glutathione liposomal. I've used transdermal. I've used intranasal. Um, and I use now a form called S-acetyl glutathione um, on an empty stomach. And, you know, glutathione pushes are great, but obviously you can't go and get one of those every day. Um, you know, that's not practical. So the S-acetyl glutathione I find works really well um, because the gut lining needs glutathione um, to keep it healthy. And also, you know, it supports liver phase one and phase two detoxification. So that's extremely important. And to get back to your question about what specifically it does in terms of the immune system. So we have two primary branches of our immune system, T helper one cells and T helper two. When you're deficient in glutathione, you get stuck in TH2. And that means you get the three A's allergies, asthma, autoimmunity. And so when you take glutathione, it helps to shift the balance back more towards the center and even a little towards TH1. And that allows us to fight pathogens intracellularly. Awesome. Yes. You know, like, uh, I think that was a very detailed explanation about what glutathione does and how to use it. Um, I think a lot of people have this question about, can you measure glutathione or is it even uh, useful in measuring it? And I think, you know, people are in different camps. Some people say, well, you know, the blood test is not very useful. It's not very accurate because it doesn't give us the intracellular levels. And some people still use it. You know, what, what are your thoughts about that? So there's some different um, markers from, I think, doctor's data where it looks at GSSH, reduced glutathione compared to oxidized glutathione. So some people, even if they're supplementing with glutathione, they don't have the ability to recycle the oxidized back to the reduced form. And given certain nutrients like milk thistle, NAC and low doses, those are two of the most common that can help you recycle your glutathione. Uh, in general, I mean, I haven't found one person who wouldn't benefit from some more glutathione. It just comes down to, okay, how many supplements are you willing to take? Uh, what's your budget? Um, but glutathione's at the top because it, it really works at a root cause level. Awesome. And with any supplements, obviously people have questions, you know, they, they should be careful with it or there are any overdose issues or any side effects with it. Um, I think glutathione is pretty safe, you know, but, you know, from your experience, you know, like, have you seen any overdoses or have you seen any side effects from glutathione? 
So I have not side effects from glutathione, but when people are extremely toxic and they go get a glutathione push or they take massive doses of liposomal glutathione and they're not eliminating properly, so they may be going to the bathroom every other day or every three days, then uh, people can retoxify and redistribute toxins to different tissues. And you obviously, you know, the whole goal is to eliminate the toxins. So glutathione sort of mobilizes them, but then we have to have sufficient bile and bowel movements and migratory motor complex activity in the large intestines so that we can excrete these toxins. But I, in general, I think it's extremely safe. Um, so, you know, at the worst case scenario, I would say just start with a very low dose and gradually titrate up. But the chances of something negative happen are very low. I think you brought an important point over here. A lot of people, as soon as, you know, like they listen to somebody or they kind of want to get a supplement, you know, like they feel they have not used, they will just go and get it. But they don't understand the pathophysiology behind it. A lot of people, you know, with, especially with these detox things, which are available online, they don't understand that there are different phases of detox that people have to go through. And suddenly, like they will start using a detox supplement. Well, as you mentioned, all these toxins will come out in your system, but their gut is not optimized or they don't have a binder in place or they don't have a channel which is optimized to get these toxins out. And that's where the toxins build up and they get all these bad detox reactions. Haven't uh, you seen any of those things? Yeah, I, so this is a little bit of a side topic, but I had one lady, she was very sensitive to supplements and for some reason she got a wild hair and decided to go to her local functional medicine clinic and get IV chelation. And she was bed bound for at least two weeks. And I have a colleague who's an MD, functional medicine MD, and his first foray into functional medicine was getting chelation. He had to get hospitalized in the psych unit because his body wasn't ready for all the mercury that was provoked. And so I use what I call a pretox program, and other people have used that term. But basically, you provide some support to the kidneys, to the liver. You get the bowels moving. You get the lymphatics fluid moving. So you can do that with a rebounder, a vibration plate, or certain creams that you can apply. Um, to the lymphatic ducts, um, get those in place first, and then gently pull the toxins out. But yeah, you can really mess yourself up if you don't uh, do things in the right order. Yes. So I will, I will again reiterate, it's very important to do the detox with the qualified professionals who knows what is happening and how to do it, like Dr. Jackson over here. You know, he is really great with the detoxification. It looks like he's using a very gentle protocol. So that's what is needed. So just don't go and buy detox protocols, but work with the professional so that they can take you to the right steps. So thank you for sharing that. So now let's talk a little bit about, you know, this uh, sympathetic dominance that plays a role in Hashimoto's. We are switching gears, but I want to touch that, you know, before we run out of time. Yeah, so basically the autonomic nervous system, so things that happen automatically, broken down into two sides, the sympathetic side, fight or flight, and the parasympathetic side, rest and digest or feed and breathe. So all of your healing happens in a parasympathetic state. And it's never the case that you're 100% sympathetic and 0% parasympathetic or vice versa. But today, especially in the past few years, 
most people are in a sympathetic dominant state. You know, they might say they're not stressed, but they've just normalized a pathological state. You know, if we look at their cortisol levels, they may be extremely elevated. But I tell people you can't heal when you're running from a tiger. And so when you are in a sympathetic dominant state, blood flow gets diverted to your skeletal muscles so you can run from that tiger. So digestion decreases. So I tell people, you know, I can give you a probiotic. I can give you digestive enzymes. I can give you a supplement or nutrients to heal your gut lining. But if you are still in a sympathetic state, your body will not be able to use them appropriately. And so that fight or flight, that's where this vagus nerve stimulation movement sort of originated because the vagus nerve is the main nerve involved in the parasympathetic nervous system. So if we stimulate it, it improves mood. And I know um, traditional neurologists are implanting um, vagus nerve stimulators, which that's a bit extreme. But if you have something like MS or Parkinson's, it uh, has shown great promise in those. But that sympathetic state, it's important to know that you may be stressed and not even realize it. So you could have $12 million in the bank, not have to work, and you're laying on the beach all day. But if you have a lot of heavy metals in your body, blood sugar imbalances, you're not sleeping, pathogens that are reactivated, um, you're breathing in mold and mycotoxins, then your physiology is very much stressed. Conversely, you can have a soldier who's fighting, you know, in a war who is not stressed because his physiology is more balanced. Absolutely. You know, like, you know, that is kind of an important topic that a lot of people that we talk about and they will always come up saying that, you know, I'm not so much stressed. You know, I think I can handle stress very well. So uh, it's very important to recognize that, you know, the stress might be an underlying trigger that you don't even know about. And now, right. you know, there are tests to check for these things, right? So why don't you share that information of if, is there a way to, for people to know that, you know, they are stressed out or is this, is stress affecting their immune function? Yeah, so you can certainly look at cortisol levels. Now, cortisol, you know, like you see the infomercials for supplements that lower cortisol, but is like uh, any other hormone. It's the Goldilocks effect. So too little is just as bad or might be more harmful, more dangerous than too much cortisol. So you need a certain amount of cortisol for thyroid hormone to get into your cells. Uh, you need a certain amount for immune function. And so too much suppresses immune function, but too little uh, leads to inadequate immune system activation. And so in terms of sympathetic dominance, uh, you know, doing something that stimulates the vagus nerve, um, there are TENS units that you can apply on different parts of the left ear that stimulates um, the parasympathetic response. And basically uh, what you're doing is you're activating something called the anti-inflammatory reflex and the vagus nerve is responsible for that. And that increases um, vagal tone and it will increase, you know, your sleep, the amount of deep sleep you get, um, your immune activation, it will help balance that, you know, any, the more time you spend in a parasympathetic state, the more healing you're going to do. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you're talking about checking for cortisol, but very important for people to know is that they will go to their regular doctors and get a blood test for check for cortisol once. And what Dr. Jackson is talking about is this salivary cortisol test, which checks cortisol at four different points, right? Yeah, absolutely. 
And so you can do that. The only issue is when you see that it's elevated or it's low, you got to, I mean, yeah, you need to address it, but the long-term solution is to find out what stressors led to that clinical lab results. And so uh, heart rate variability is something that a lot of like devices like the Aura Ring or the Apple Watch measure. And you actually, most people think, you know, your heartbeat is steady, but you actually want high heart rate variability that indicates very good parasympathetic tone. The lower your HRV, the higher your risk for many disorders and imbalances. Absolutely. That is that is so great information. So we talked about like, you know, all these triggers, you know, which leads to Hashimoto's and increase in antibodies. So I would like to kind of take your take on, you know, like what kind of few things that you have seen that has improved antibodies in your clients that you have worked in? Yeah, so um, there's a supplement called Carnivora. Um, it's, it should be only one if you search for it online, but um, supposedly President Reagan used it. It has 18 immune modulating nutrients and constituents. So it does have antiviral properties, antibacterial, antifungal, antiparasitic properties, but it also has those other ingredients that modulate the immune system. So one of my mentors said, you can't kill your way to health. And what he meant by that is, you know, you've got to balance the immune system at some point. Like you can play whack-a-mole with the pathogens, but you're just treading water. So you want to get the immune system up and running in, in a balanced manner. And so uh, basically, you know, going after pathogens can be helpful. So I mentioned the carnivora. I've had very good success with lowering antibodies with that. Um, and, you know, we talked about some of the viruses and pathogens that can lead to that situation. Um, Low-dose naltrexone. Sometimes if the pathogen load is high, low-dose naltrexone by itself won't bring the titers down. You have to do either some IV therapy or it can be done orally as well. Um, it just may take a little bit longer, but it's more sustainable that way. And so glutathione has also been tremendously helpful to my clients and optimizing gut health since 70 to 80% of your immune system is in your large intestines that can play an important role. Absolutely. I think those are like great uh, things that people should be looking into or at least have an insight into. Um, so Dr. Jackson, tell people more where they can find you, where they can find your work, learn more from you and maybe work with you. Yeah. So uh, healyourbody.org. That's healyourbody.org. Um, there's a work with me tab or apply to work with me tab. And if you send that, it goes to my email. There's also the boss body podcast. Um, we're on episode 14 or 15 now. And so we're about three months in and uh, we've had some great guests, but any of those um, methods, people can contact me um, on Instagram at Dr. Tim Jackson. Awesome. Thank you, Dr. Jim Jackson. Again, being over here, you are a wealth of information. I'm sure a lot of people would benefit with information. Thank you so much for coming over here. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Gupta. Thanks for the work that you're doing. I know it's not easy to produce these podcasts. <laughs> well, with all your help and with all your guidance, you know, we are all here doing a good job. So thank you again.